4: Chumba.
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No purchases. necessary. work by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: This is America's Truckin' Network with Steve Summers. And back on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. As we work our way into the twenty sixth day of October, well, there you go. And of course, uh, again uh, in racing news, NASCAR race—I guess Texas, right? Texas rain uh, postponing, yeah, most of the race. I think they—how many laps did they get in? Not many. And so, ten o'clock this morning—it's kind of an early start. I mean, they're. Texas is in Central Time, so it's starting to restart at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. it would be like bright and early, 9 a.m. Yeah, Texas Time. Had <laughs> to get back to racing uh, later on this morning. Uh, there was plenty of other racing taking place over the weekend. SEG will have all those details coming up just ahead. But uh, left out there at the top of the hour as the election, uh, we're into the final week before the election. Latest survey conducted between October 13th and 20th shows that 79% of all Americans, including 59% of those who want to re-elect President Donald Trump, will accept a win by Democrat challenger Joe Biden, uh, even if they may not support a Biden presidency. Among those Trump supporters who said uh, they would not accept a Biden victory, 16% said they would do something to challenge a Democratic win, or like, like protesting in public. So that's, it doesn't take big numbers, but small numbers could cause problems. The poll also found. 73% of Americans, including 57% of Biden supporters, would similarly accept a Trump victory. Among those who said they would not accept a Trump win, 22% say they will take some sort of action to challenge the result. Suffice it to say, in other words, no matter who wins, Matters not. There's going to be a faction of people out there uh, willing to take to the streets. Will it resort, will they resort to violence, I guess is the bigger question. Election officials dealing with a series of challenges, uh, raising real concerns about the public's confidence yeah, Trump has repeatedly questioned the integrity of elections and, of course, concerns about voter fraud. Yeah, but so far, at least a majority of the people, the public, appears ready to accept the result. Donald Green is a political scientist at Columbia University. He said the poll results uh, ease his concerns about post-election violence, this particular poll. But he warned if the election's close or one candidate can make a credible accusation of voter fraud. That could very well spark wider discontent and protests than what the polls are actually suggesting. That's why many people who oppose Trump are holding their breath and hoping for a lopsided outcome that's not up for grabs. All right, then they start going into the numbers. Yeah, Biden up here, Biden up there. I think we also touched on uh, Friday morning, right along that line, because many are saying, well, you look back at the polls in 2016. The polls, at this point in time, were almost showing identical numbers with Hillary up around the country, a shoe in And the Republican pollster Frank Lutz was on Brett Baer's program last Thursday night, and he said his profession is done if President Trump wins re-election, proving the national polls wrong again. He said, "quote I hate to acknowledge it because that's my industry, at least partially, but the public will have no faith whatsoever, no confidence." Right now, the biggest issue is the trust deficit. Uh, the question that he was asked uh, was from Brett Baer asking how the pollsters will fare if they're wrong in predicting this year's election. You know, you didn't do a good job in 2016. So if Donald Trump surprises people, if Joe Biden had a, a five or six point lead, my, my profession is done, he says real clear politics that kind of pulls together several national polls and takes the average, shows Biden up by 7.9 points. Through the battleground states, uh, the vice president up only by 3.8 points, which is within the margin of error, uh, which generally hovers around plus or minus four points. So if he's up in battleground states, you know Biden supposedly by three point eight points, yeah, based on the margin of error, they may be wrong. All right, get back to the calls here, uh, Jim. What's going on this morning,
4: Martin? How are you?
3: Doing all right. How was your weekend?
4: Best. I was going uh, weekends because went your weekends over with.
3: Okay.
4: <laughs> I would give really one day out of the weekend, so it's a Saturday. That's my, that's my actual day.
3: Wow. Uh, okay. Sure. Friday working
4: and, work and then Sunday working, so yeah, you can't win. <laughs> right. do the other day. What the heck? But uh, you, you just said something actually very interesting that uh, the show before your show comes on a Sunday night, I can't remember who the host is
3: Cunningham, Bill Cunningham.
4: Okay. Tonight he had on a, a college student. That actually used to belong to Antiva. Okay. Now, he wrote a book called something, I think it's The Man Behind the Mask. Okay. I think what he called it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, their job is what he was saying on, on the show was their job is basically to ruin the economy, ruin the United States because they're against what everything's going on. Now, that sounds interesting because if Trump does make it, which I hope he does. Is the team going to become uh, out again like they were uh, this past summer?
3: I would say undoubtedly, uh, you know, almost inevitably. Right. Yes. Well, well,
4: they're they're following the uh, the tail, you know, the coattails of the BM, uh, BLM. But now with Trump making it again, are they going to all sudden become alive again and be like, oh my god, what the heck? You know, which they messed up Philadelphia, which I live around, and a lot of other cities. You know, and that kind of made me wonder. I'm thinking, I wonder if that's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, that, that was yeah. one of the thoughts I had. i
3: say a distinct possibility, Jim. I'd, yeah. I really yeah, hate to say it,
4: but. I, I would say probably a good, about 65% chance, yes.
3: Yep. Yeah.
4: <laughs> if you think about it, you know, a little greater than half. But uh, what you guys talking about, the um, the Facebook sites between Trump and Biden? Yeah. Is, is, Trump's been out there for a little while. Biden's only been political. Where Trump was a celebrity before. Okay, plus real estate. When you talk about the thirty thirty million compared to the three million, does that have to do with his being a celebrity before the the
3: presidency? That's a good question. That that might yeah, right. Um, all the Right all the, all the Hollywood stuff and uh, you exactly. know on exactly. the, that's the, why it's the got, wrestling that's why it's world so like the, the apprentice and all that. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Could be. And that's what I was thinking about because Biden's only political. You've you never heard of him except for him in politics, but you've heard of Trump for everything else. So I was just thinking that's probably why there's such a gap there. Like,
3: that's, a point, that's a valid point to ponder. Yeah, that's why I
4: was pondering and thinking about it. Um, the other thing, of course, I was talking about the shingles. Um, I have my bow shots, mine, and all of this when I'm on vacation. Both at the same visit, one in one arm, one in the other arm. Well, the, the one in the right arm got the flu, that son of a sea cook ached my arm for about two days. Never, never, uh, never got swallowed up, nothing like that. Never got a fever from it. But it, it hurt like a son of a sea cook for a couple days. Mm-hmm. But now with the shingles, I had chicken pox back when I was like eight years old. You know, I just found it out to family members and all. Um, I get shingles down on my backside, unfortunately. So when you're driving for a living, and I usually only get it when I get stressed out. If I'm not stressed out, it doesn't come around. All you know, you get stressed out and everything changes. Well, that's when I usually get them, and it lasts for a couple of days. So um, that's just a thought on the shingles because, like I said, I never got the flu the symptoms. I never got the high temperature or feeling like that.
3: None of that, huh?
4: It just all of a sudden would show up. And, God help me, if I sat down too fast. You know, it'd be like a spring back there, I shoot right back up and went, ow, that, you know, and right. they forgot it, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, I had to go get a booster shot. But I'm not sure if that's for the shingles or for the flu. They just told me I needed a booster shot in October. And I was like, oh, really? And I said, yeah, it helps helps build up the immune. helps build up that 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 force that stops from happening. But, uh you know, it's kind of kind of interesting subjects tonight when you're talking some of the stuff. I thought tonight I had to call in and, you know, because I was thinking about the TV and then I was thinking about the, his site and that the other. And I thought, I'm going to give him a buzz about this because, you know, I, I want to keep an eye on it because, you know, God help us. If, if Biden does make it in, I'm not going to hold any grudges against it because I didn't want uh, Obama in there either. And somehow he made it.
3: Right, right.
4: So I mean, if Biden gets in there, say the day, God help us, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make, we'll still be around. to talk about it, but we're not going to be happy. Because, like I said, he, he's making an awful lot of comments and promises that are not going to happen. Right. You know, he wants he's telling people what they want to hear, but then once he puts his hand on the Bible, and the next day, all of a sudden, those things go out the door. And then he'll say, I never said that, you know, <laughs> you know seriously, you know. But uh, I can see that happening. But, um, that's kind something... of that's
3: kind of what politicians do in general, isn't it? <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> Is I'll, right? I'll... Yeah. You know, I, someone made a comment, I'm trying to know what the devil was now on Facebook, about um, politics and crying. And I said, Dan, don't go down by Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's going to be a freaking flood down there against yeah. New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's all they do down there is whine and cry. You know, it's it's, it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, that's, they say that's what politics does. You know, you never, you, you're hoping you're going to do the right thing, but what is the right thing? You know, it's not really for the people. It's for who, how many votes you get for certain things. But uh, who that knows. But I had, I had to, you know, talk about there, you know. And in case you're curious with the weather, I'm down in Maryland right now, and it's it's an overcast, misty type of night. You know, it's not raining hard enough to either windshield your on all the time, yep, but it just, yep. it's just—it's messy. Just, you, you know, know, definitely watch streets. Like Porso says, you got to watch out for the, the leaves on the street.
3: Starting to feel Good. a little bit like Halloween, right? That's typical rather, this time of year. About twenty-one past the hour. All right, lines available. It's eight 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 six zero eighty seven eighty five here on America's Trucking Network.
4: This is the Miami Valley Gaming Racing Report on America's Trucking Network.
0: Sheldon Creed passed Austin Hill for the lead on the overtime restart and went on to win Sunday's truck race at Texas Motor Speedway in the playoffs. The SpeedyCash.com 400, the victory Creed's fourth of the season, moves him into the championship race in Phoenix. Creed joins GMS racing teammate Brett Moffat in the title event. Moffat's push helped Creed get by Hill going into turn three on the overtime restart. Creed led 131 of the 152 laps, talked about it in victory lane on FS1. We had
4: such a good truck, just the draft would keep him with me, and um, man, what a good truck my guys put together. I was unsure. Um, We've been inconsistent here, but we've always had speed, and today, man, just... Awesome. Awesome job. I finally won in front of my mom and dad. They're here today. and
0: He'll finish second in the race, followed by Zane Smith, Raphael Lassard and Brett Moffitt. How the other truck playoff drivers finished on Sunday at Texas. Matt Crafton was sixth. Tyler Ankrum was 16th. Ben Rhodes out of Louisville was 20th. And Grant Enfinger, 32nd. Scott Dixon won his sixth IndyCar Championship Sunday in the season finale in downtown St. Petersburg. Joseph Newgarden won the race, but it wasn't enough to deny Dixon another crown. The New Zealander is the winningest active driver in IndyCar in his six titles, with Chip Canassi racing date back to 2003. Can't thank everybody on this uh, team enough. Obviously, Chip
5: at the helm, Mike and Barry uh, and everybody involved. Obviously, Honda, so proud to be powered by Honda and what they've been, been able to pull out this year, even the deficit that we had going into Indy previous years, you know, they, they nailed it.
0: So uh, big thanks to everybody. Padua Ward finished second Sunday in the Grand Prix St. Petersburg in the IndyCar finale. Dixon was third, Sebastian Borde was fourth, and Ryan hunter Ray finished fifth. Lewis Hamilton made Formula One history Sunday by winning the Portuguese Grand Prix for his 92nd career victory. That moves him one ahead of German great Michael Schumacher. I, I knew that we would win championships. Did I think we would win as many as we, we have? No. Did I think that we would win this many races? Of course not. Uh, but this is a phenomenal time for us. Um, and the great thing is that we're all, it's not just me that's uh, that's living in the, with the history, it's the whole team.
4: This is the Miami Valley Gaming Racing Report on America's Trucking Network.
0: St. Denison reporting for ATN. Everything else.
3: All right, looks like in the event of the apocalypse, Oreos will survive. Say what? Yeah, the threat of asteroids striking the Earth. Global catastrophe. Has inspired some groups to build bunkers. Uh, not only to protect survivors, but also you know, to ensure the safety of certain like plants and animals. Uh, now the makers of Oreos have ensured they will live past any possible asteroid strikes. I guess this is a way to get free publicity about Oreos, right? A video published on YouTube, Oreos says they were inspired by the the Global Seed Vault, that is located in Norway, according to the Seed Vault's website. It's a storage facility for various seeds that have been designed and built to withstand both natural and man-made disasters. It's located above the permafrost line, placing it in the Arctic Circle, created specifically in regards to uh, one asteroid known as 2018 VP1 which has a slight chance, a slight chance of hitting the Earth's atmosphere on November 2nd. Yeah, like Election Eve. While it's unlikely the asteroid would survive entering the Earth's atmosphere, Oreo not taking any chances. Uh, They explained how the Vault is protecting Oreos on their Twitter, Twitter account, each cookie is wrapped in protective mylar, which can keep the cookies safe from temperatures anywhere from minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit to 300 plus degrees Fahrenheit. Well, they also explained that the vault also contains vials of powdered milk. <laughs> so the Oreos will survive. You got milk and Oreos forever. There you go. News update here on America's Trucking Network. Now, Horse Feathers brought up the the hit that Andy Dalton took uh, this past day. And, yeah, you know, when a quarterback, And, dude, a helmet to helmet. I mean, you talk about a dirty hit. And someone questioned uh, why other players with the Redskins didn't get up in the guy's face after, because it was obviously uh, a dirty, intentional hit, which, you know, it did take Andy Dalton out of the game. I guess they're going through the concussion protocol and all that good stuff, but. Wow. All right, let's get to uh, Philip. What's happening this morning?
2: Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing all right. How's your weekend? Uh, working as usual, man. Normal deal. Hey, uh, you were talking about numbers earlier. Um, they've been advertising it down here. Uh, Trump's difference between Hillary was 120,000 votes in Florida. And... That some of these places, like you look at Seminole County, it's like a three-way split, but the county, there's 100,000 people that are Republican, 100,000 Democrat, and then 100,000 that's non you know, neither party. And uh, that 100,000 can mean a lot. Um, I know in our bigger cities down here, it's more Democratic. So you look at Orlando, it's going to be more Democratic in Orlando than it's, say, per se, in, in like, Ocala area. Is it kind of that way in uh, Ohio?
3: Ah, uh, somewhat. I, I, I'm hearing like on the national news, supposedly that Trump is faring pretty well with the Hispanic vote and the Cuban vote down there in Florida. So, I mean, he's he's faring better than he did four years ago. They're
2: saying. Yeah, he's got a lot of different folks back, uh, backing him down here. I mean, he's got people that are back that are backing the law enforcement. He's got uh, Latino vote voters. Um, He's got a he's got a bunch of different ones. I know at that that rally he had at Sanford, they had a ton of people with different T-shirts on and different signs and different things, and it was from a lot of different organizations that were there backing him. Hmm. Um, so, um, what do you think about old Zeta?
3: Yeah, I mean, based on the models now, it's Louisiana. You think again?
2: Yeah, I didn't think it. We you know the models a couple of weeks ago were trending it. That it was going to come up over Cuba and come up over off South Florida. Uh, but we got a high that's over us right now that's pushing it away from us. It's protecting Florida. Um, it could hit, it could hit far western Florida up in the panhandle, like Pensacola, depending on how the, the cone has got them in it. Mm-hmm. But, but it looked like from what I could see on the cone, if you use the center points off the side of the cone, you know, it's like New Orleans is probably in the middle and, and Pensacola would be on the right. And then on the left side would be just between like Lake Charles and that area. So it could be another Louisiana hit. Um, I don't think it's going to be as bad as Laura or the other ones that came through there. It might be like a Marco, but it's still a storm. It doesn't yeah, because it's
3: supposed to drop back to like to a tropical storm status before it gets to the coast is what they're anticipating.
2: Yeah, that water out there in that part of the Gulf has already been stirred up by a bunch of different storms. But it's still warm, and that don't mean nothing. I mean, that thing could get big in intensity, no problem. But that area down there by, like I said, I've said it the last few times I've talked about it, that area down there by Central America, or South America, excuse me, Nicaragua down in that area, Bay of Campeche, south of there, that's the area where a lot of them are building at right now. That's the area that we got to watch because they will come up that way. Um, but there's some other stuff coming across, but it ain't really got its stuff together yet. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the election goes, it's going to be what it is, Steve. Nobody's going to be happy. I mean, we've seen it year and year. And as far as Trump goes, I was thinking the other day, there's only one guy that's been a president that's even been close to what Trump Trump is. And that's Reagan, as far as, you know, his background. He's the only guy that's probably been as close to Trump as, as any of them. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen if we get Biden in there. I really don't. I'm, I'm not too optimistic because I was telling, as I was telling Dave yesterday, Biden is a spin doctor. If you listen, if you watch that debate, And you sit back with an open mind and just watch the way they act, both of them, their demeanor and how they did things. Biden is a spin doctor. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But that's pretty much all I have to say, bud. You have a good day, man.
3: All right. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Yep. You do the same. Have a great day. About 18 before the hour. And it's 888-860-8785 here on America's Trucking Network. All right, back at it here on a Monday, and lines available. It's 888-860-8785. Hey, what's going on, what's Demon?
1: Nasty weather. You want some of this nasty weather from Kansas brought out there?
3: Uh, no, I'll pass on that, thank you. Uh,
1: you can have it. I'll, I'll send it that way, but hey, I just left Wichita. And, what, what was you saying at the top of the, the top of the show? About 60,
3: 80-mile-an-hour winds. Wherever those supposed to be? Well, you're supposed to be in, like, I think the 40 to forty to 60 zone. It's a little bit further west, like Colorado and Four Corners region, where there's, say, 60, 80. But, yeah, 40 to 60, oh, that's enough to be bouncing all over the place, right? Yeah, hey, I got 6,000 pounds in the wagon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was, was going
1: to take the northern route. They actually had... 80 and Wyoming closed down all day today, so I figured I'd go this way, then I heard you say that. I was like, well, that ain't no good. Because what I do is I go down here to carry to Mexico and go across. You know, I like don't I'm going to have an easy way either way. Until I get out there other side of Flagstaff, probably. But,
3: I mean, it's going to be, I mean, those really, the 60 to 80 is... Hell, that's in that zone. The Grand Canyon down to Flagstaff—they're in that zone. And then the forty yeah. to, to sixty—all you know—all the way out to California again. Yeah. yeah. Where they got the red flag warning—it's going to have the Santa Ana winds today. So. Well, at least to be warm. <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, oh man. That's going to be a long night or a long week, I guess.
3: I mean, I'm looking right now, I kind of refreshed on the radar. I mean, you've got snow from Omaha to Grand Island, Nebraska, yeah, down all the way down to Dodge City, to Wichita and Kansas, and back to Pueblo, Colorado, and up toward Aspen. Yeah. A lot of snow.
1: Yeah, I'm between Wichita and Dodge City right now is where I'm at. Uh, and it's 28 degrees. I don't know if Jim Cantore is down here or not. He'd be having fun with this. It's It's lightning. I think there's gonna be some, some thunderstorms south of here,
3: probably. Okay. Well, yes, uh, I mean it looks like I guess cold enough to be like freezing rain or whatever. But you yeah, maybe you're gonna run into thunder snow. Wow. Yeah, he'd be loving that.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I saw the lightning a while ago, and like I said, it was freezing rain, and then like it's back to snow again. But uh yeah, you know, it's. I was in Oklahoma earlier. Like said, it got colder, as I come north to Wichita, and I just switched. The yard left, thinking I better get as far as I could before the weather got bad. It. How about your bungles? I swear, they just can't—they just can't close the deal, can they? Yep. <laughs> I, I tell you, they don't take have take take that the
3: season. lead with a minute to go, and then still, yeah, can't uh, can't get in a, a defensive line to hold them.
1: Yeah, it's like the Reds. Did I say that out loud?
3: Mm, you, you did, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, but anyway, that's all I want. Like so I didn't catch your weather report. Already at the top of the eye, I just barely heard you say sixty to eighty, and I couldn't remember. You know, I didn't catch what he said. Yep.
3: You know, so the winds are blowing. <laughs> I mean, from where you are, hell, it's going to be blowing till you get to California. Yeah. Well, good times. No surprise, man.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, have a good week, man.
3: I'll talk to you later. All right, be careful out there. You're going to run into some of that snow at some point probably as well. About 12 before the hour, it's 888-860-8785. Is it uh, Big Stew? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Morning.
5: Hey, uh, was it Maniac that said the amputations talking about the phantom pain? Yep. Uh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> I got a. Big toe and a fourth toe cut off my one foot. And, you know. uh, and my big, where my big toe was, sometimes it'll feel like somebody's trying to drive a nail through it, man. Really? Yeah, and there's nothing there. I, you know, I'll even reach down to, to, to grab it, you yeah. know, and I'm like, what the heck? And my toe's been gone for seven years, you know? It's, it's weird as can be.
3: So just random out of nowhere, just
5: just out of nowhere, you know, I mean, you can be asleep at night and wake up, you know, cause it hurts or you can be walking somewhere. and It just all of a sudden does it. Wow. Well. And then I went to the doctor Thursday, uh, uh, to get a flu shot. And, um, she mentioned a shingle shot and, um, I said, well, I don't know. I ain't never had one before. And she goes, yeah, I think you should. And then she said, have you ever had the chicken pox? And I said, no. And she said, well, we can't give you the shingle shot then. And I said, well, how come? She said, well, if well, we, if we do, give
3: you the shingle shot, you're going to get the chicken pox.
5: <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. well she said. You know, i would never heard of that before, but maybe that's why them guys are getting a little sick and stuff.
3: Well, based on the responses I've heard from everybody that's had the darn thing, I don't think I want one. No,
5: I don't. I, I, I definitely don't want the chicken pox, so I'm not getting
3: one. No, I know. <laughs> I, I did have the chicken pox when I was a kid. So,
5: yeah, I know the my aunt, my one uncle they they've had shingles a couple times, old man, and they talk like they're really painful.
3: Yep. Oh. that's what I've heard. Everybody I know says that you. Very, very painful.
5: Yeah. Well, it's great talking to you. Everybody get out and vote, and hopefully vote for our president. And because if I think, if Biden gets it, our country's going to be in the biggest mess there.
3: Uh, Big Stu, thank you for listening in. Appreciate you taking time to check in with us this morning. All right, that frees up another line. It's 888-860-8785. 2020 has been an unprecedented year for the firearms industry. Which, if you think about it, it, it's hard to imagine how we can have a bigger year when it seems like every year. yeah, g- Going back through eight years under the Obama administration, uh, leading up to the 2016 election, concerned that Hillary was going to win. and I mean, record sales, record sales. I mean, month after month after month. So now we've got the the pandemic-related surge in sales Uh, since these lockdowns started back in March, retailers and analysts say uh, it's normal for Americans to stock up on firearms and ammo during an election year. In many cases, they say the, the surge is motivated by fears of a Democrat president looking to expand restrictions on gun ownership. But this year's sales spike is different because it's being driven by a rise in first-time gun buyers, especially among African Americans and women, they tell us. About 40% of gun sales in the first four months of the year were made by first-time buyers, much higher than the normal annual average of 24%. And that's back over the past 20 years. Gun sales among black Americans are up 58% through September. We've never seen a year-over-year year increase of that magnitude in African-American gun buyers, according to Olivia spoke to CNN Business. It is the largest demographic increase we've seen. Uh, People that are buying guns today look a whole lot less like me and a whole lot more like the rest of America, according to Olivia. Gun merchants and advocacy groups have also noticed the trend as well. People are worried about people stealing from people, breaking into homes, that the potential for Civil unrest, like we've seen over the summer. Fears of violence are sparking people to flock to gun stores for personal protection. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what the final numbers are for the year 2020, but I'd say again it's going to be a banner year. For the gun sales biz, and we get a quick break in here. Back to your calls after this on ATN. That looks like rock, rock. Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, by the time we speak uh, tonight on the program, get things started. Uh, uh, if all goes as anticipated, she will be. Our next Supreme Court of the United States, Justice. As uh, Senate Republicans voted overwhelmingly Sunday to advance uh, Amy Coney Barrett toward the final confirmation. Despite objections from Democrats, uh, her confirmation today was pretty much in no doubt. Republicans united in support behind the president's pick but Democrats are poised to keep the Senate in session into the night uh, in attempts to stall, arguing that the November 3rd election winner should choose the nominee to fill that vacant seat. But Republicans, pretty excited by the chance to install a third Trump justice on the court, locking in a conservative majority for years to come, unless... We see an election of Joe Biden and uh, what they call packing the court. So let's see, the vote was 51 to 48, Yeah, which launches 30 hours of Senate debate. There were two Republicans, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine, who voted against advancing the nominee. Of course, all Democrats who voted were opposed. Uh, California Senator Kamala Harris, the vice presidential nominee, missed the vote as she was campaigning in Michigan. Now, I thought I saw Murkowski saying that yeah, she will vote yes on the final confirmation. I don't know if she's just trying to make a point this past day. yeah, She was one of those that said she's against you know, this Confirmation so close to the election, but I thought she had uh, made it clear that she would indeed vote yes. Uh, so, for whatever reason, she did not vote yes this past day. We'll see um, how that comes down. Yeah, sometime later on today. I have no idea if they've indeed been doing the all night uh, session thing. But after that vote that took place Sunday, lawmakers would then have 30 hours to debate. The appointee, which would mean the full Senate would be able to hold a confirmation vote. Final confirmation vote beginning at seven twenty-six this evening, seven twenty-six p.m. Eastern time, and that's the that's the schedule they're on. So, all right, with that, uh, we'll get to a news update here. We'll get into our final hour just ahead. And lines are available at 888 860 8785 here on America's Truck and Network.
0: Lucky Land Casino,
3: asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
2: In line at the deli, I
3: guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.